1: This is Joe Satriani. I'm talking with Jay Scott on the Hook Rocks. Don't stand
2: too close. You know, I got friends for you, just need one dose. And I ain't got nothing to lose, so we can talk about it, talk about it. Don't look at me. You know I'm not
0: easy to please. not me. Hey everyone, what's happening? What's going on? It is Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Hope everyone enjoyed their weekend, enjoyed their week, depending on when this airs. Uh, spring is definitely in season. It's raining. It's getting chilly. We haven't really had that many nice days here yet in Chicago. But uh, hopefully soon, as summer is uh, fast approaching and concert season is definitely here. Going to see three bands or three shows at the end of the month here in April. We're going to go see The Warning, Buck Cherry, Blacktop Mojo, and then uh, Classless Act, Joyous Wolf, and Dorothy. So I am geared up and ready to go for that stuff. Don't forget, we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, a great network of music-related podcasts. Check out all my friends on there, like Mac on the Ugly American Werewolf in London podcast, Decibel Geek, Tom and Zeus on Shout Out Loudcast, Martin Popoff, the rock historian, Ron and Esty, Vinny Apiece, Carmen Carmen Apiece, Vinny Apice, I should say, on the Hanging and Bangin' podcast. So check out all those podcasts as well as well as some great. Friends of the show like the Itch Rock and Radio Show, Pod of Thunder, Bend and Scoop, and many others. Don't forget to follow the Hook Rocks wherever you do podcasts, whether it's Amazon, Spotify, Apple, wherever we are available on every podcast platform. We've had some great episodes over the last few months since the start of the year. We definitely had our quarterly review, our album rankings for the first quarter of 2022 that you guys always love to hear. We did our uh, uh, memorial episode in in remembrance of Taylor Hawkins uh, at the end of March. Sad news definitely with the Foo Fighters drummer, as well as some great new music spotlights, including Chains Over Razors, The Mysterines, Fortune Child, naked gypsy queens joyous wolf and many others as well as some great conversations we did a deep dive on the dorothy Classis act and joyous wolf tour that's happening now and we've got some great stuff on the way too as well we just had matt wake on as well talking about the next wave of the new wave of rock music because we love to talk about new rock music and we're definitely going to do that today we've got a band from the uk or a the lead singer of a band from the UK, a band I'm a huge fan of, great music. We have Caroline Kenyon from the band Bastet. What's going on, Caroline? How are you?
2: I'm good, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. I appreciate you doing this. Glad to have you on. Always like talking new bands and new rock music, which you are a part of, the new wave of rock or the new wave of classic rock, depending on what you call it. And uh, glad to have you on, but we always start the same way every time we have a first-time guest, and that is the essence of the show, just what we're all about. Just like every rock song has a hook that pulls you in, every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, a band, an album, or performance that hook them on rock and roll. What was it for you?
2: Um, probably share. I just think I, I watched her, some of her live performances, and I was just like, she's just badass. Um, and I always went through my uh, my dad's vinyl collection, and I would, like, all the stuff like Heart, Aerosmith, Guns N' Roses, all that kind of old school, 80s kind of rock. I think I ruined a lot of his uh, vinyls. It wasn't good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was probably... I think like Cher is my, my, my queen.
0: So is that like the stuff from like the late eighties, early nineties, I think, you know, like just like Jesse James stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Where she goes, she goes more like you see her in the leather and she she goes more rock and roll.
0: Wasn't like John Bon Jovi and Richie Sambora part of that writing with her. And I think uh, there were others too, as well.
2: Yeah, the early, early 90s. Um, she was going out with Richie Sambora.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's so right. I remember that.
2: Actually, now. I think he's on one of the albums. Yeah.
0: Where'd it go from there? From share, When did it become something that you wanted to do? When did it become something, you know, that you wanted to be in a band and perform?
2: I've never really not... Um, I always I always wanted to do music. My grandfather um, got me into, he was classically trained, so I was always in choirs from being really young. Uh, and then I went over to the dark side, so <laughs> to speak, which he was devastated by wanting me to sing classical music. Um, but I think from being about 14, I was trying to get a band. I really wanted a band. And sometimes it just takes time to find the right people to work with. Um, So I've kind of come, it's been quite a a long journey, but I'm getting there now. (laughs) How
0: about in terms of influences, you you mentioned Cher, obviously, that was kind of your gateway into rock and roll. But what other singers, what other performers really kind of led you down that path that took you to the dark side?
2: Queen. Um, I've got to say Freddie Mercury as a musician and a performer, I just think he's one of the greats. Um, I di- I was obsessed with Guns N' Roses from being about 12 actually um, and I think that was one of the kind of, I actually had found the greatest hits album and that was that was what kind of got me into them, and then, of course, you go back and you you actually listen to the albums, which I think is something that a lot of a lot of people don't do anymore, like I love putting on an album from start to finish because that's the way it was intended um, and I think, yeah. I mean, there's there's quite a few people. I think, and you mentioned Dorothy, um, and I've got into her and, and the band over the past few years, and she's never come to the UK, or not since I've been listening to her. Um, which I would love to see her live. Um, I think they've come back uh, with force after the pandemic from the from the YouTube videos that I've seen, and I'm like, why does nobody good come to the UK? <laughs>
0: We asked the same thing. Why don't any of the UK bands come to America? You know, <laughs> so we, we're on the other end. I know, I think the Mr. are coming next month. Um, and I think before that, the Amazons came with Dirty Honey. Yeah. Um, a couple <laughs> of years ago. And I think that's really been it. I don't know if there's any other bands that are part of that new wave of classic rock, as you guys call it, um, that have come to the UK. So I'm excited to see the Mysterines, um and I'm you know we're hoping for more obviously.
2: Yeah, I think the well a big a big part of it is can you get on a on a tour that that means you're going to get out to enough people because obviously it costs a lot of money um from to fly over uh, on on either side of the pond, doesn't it? And um, there's there's quite a few bands that I would love to see that I haven't seen just because they've not actually come to the UK yet and it's almost like I almost thought should I do should I have a trip to the US and and uh book in a few gigs whilst I'm there I've thought of that
0: (laughs) well I know uh Rival Sons and Dirty (laughs) Honey are playing the UK this summer yeah which should be a great tour I would love to see that that bill would be great but as far as writing music and writing lyrics where do you get your inspiration
2: um so i write a lot from like personal experiences and i find that those types of songs uh kind of flow better it just it spills out of me so to speak um, i think there's there's something about songwriting that is almost like cathartic it, it you're letting a piece of you go with the music um or you might be able to express something that you, you can't actually express without putting it into a song. Um, but I have started to think, like throughout my kind of journey, um about like writing songs for the audience. What do the audience want? Because that's what it's all about. It's about you. It's about the audience. Um, and we want everybody to have a good time and uh, be up dancing and singing and clapping and really rocking out. Um, so that's something that I have sort of been thinking about more uh, as we get towards an album.
0: As far as taking that path to writing music, right? I mean, you hear share you're influenced by Queen and many others, yeah but Then you start to write your own music, you find yourself being inspired by music itself and, and having a song connect with you or songs connect with you w- was there a particular moment a particular lyric, a particular song that led you to writing music that said, "Hey, that really connected with me. I want to write stuff like that that connects with people
2: um i think well if i'm if I'm going. Way back, um, I love meatloaf songs um, and sort of the, the emotion that you hear in in those songs and the passion and the performance that he put into the music when he was singing it. Um, obviously, I know the majority of the stuff was written by Jim Steinman, but that was very, it told a story and it it, it throws emotion at you, which is something that I... I, I want to hear passion in music. I want to hear, I want to hear it in somebody's voice when they're singing. Um, so I suppose if I'm going back from a from a songwriting perspective, I actually loved the way that they would, and obviously because it was really really long songs, um, you could build it and then slow it down. It had loads of dynamics and the push and pull. Um, and then you'd also have sections where it just completely like would get you all fired up and and really like excited. Um, <clears throat> so th- there is different ways of of looking at music, but I think you also have to you have to look at the audience that um, you've got. And obviously, I've been to a lot of gigs over the past uh, well, uh, since lockdown, uh, I've been gigging a lot. Um, and obviously, going to gigs, and you see what kind of works and what people are vibing and um, it 's quite interesting
0: how does that or how do you you, you write you say you write from personal experience yeah. how do you personally navigate through those experiences to write music because sometimes you 're writing about uncomfortable things or things that were difficult for you, stressful, emotional whatever the case, uh, how do you find yourself and how do you go into it? And how do you come out of it?
2: Sometimes it's really, really easy. And I will get an idea and the song is done in half an hour. But sometimes things are harder to express. Um, And I've got one song called Roller Coaster um and it literally was a roller coaster to write it it took me 10 months from start to finish and I couldn't finish it I couldn't get a chorus I couldn't it it wasn't moving I knew that it had something but I couldn't get you know like that that big hook in there I was like it's it's going and it's rolling but it's not right um and I was going through a kind of difficult period And that period had to come full circle. And I had to kind of come to acceptance before I finished it. And I actually finished the song uh, on my birthday a couple of years ago. And I just sat down. And I actually, when I finished it, I I got really emotional. Because obviously it had had taken me so long to write it. Um, And I'd put my heart and soul into it. And I was like, wow. Wow. I've, that I, that's it I've do, that is it that is the song and I felt but I felt really good but it was like am I crying because I'm sad am I crying because I'm happy I don't know and I got really really emotional about it and then you just snap out of it but that because that song sort of consumed me and I suppose it was so hard to write and get out onto the page um it was almost like a release when it when it was finished when I did finish it
0: well, that can be, you know, that can be a difficult, I mean, like you said, you know, it can be a roller coaster, like, you know, like the song and, you know, when you do complete it, it's almost like you're, you're relieved of it, right? You're, you, you've got it out there. You've got it on paper. It gives you a different perspective of a situation. Have you ever written something where it's, it's been a bit of time since you've dealt with a situation and you write about it. And it helps you gain a perspective that maybe you hadn't had before.
2: Oh yeah, Um, there's certain songs um, that you almost can't write when you're going through a situation because either it's too painful or um, you haven't processed what it like. You haven't processed it yourself. Um, And yeah, there has been has been occasions. I've got one or two songs. for the album which isn't it hasn't been recorded yet but we're 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 working on it um and uh they are they are songs that were more of a reflection on things
0: as you move forward and you're you're writing new material for an album you know we look back at 2021 with the exposed ep And you now hear you're at, you know, you talked about having the COVID restrictions lifted, you know, in the UK and for the large part uh, they've been relifted all over the United States. How much of a challenge was it for you to release music in 2021, knowing the possibility that you wouldn't be able to support it with a tour or as much, live as many live shows as you wanted to do
2: i think if i if i go back to the pandemic the 2020 when it hit um i was in i was in denial and in shock and i'm thinking it'll be done in a month two weeks and we'll be out of this lockdown um and obviously we weren't um and then you had as a musician it was like well you either sink or swim um, so I started doing live streams and realised how much music was needed, um, and how much everybody was obviously missing—missing missing real life—and we're all cooped up in our homes um, and isolated from the world. And, and doing those live streams had—it meant that you had a sort of connection to the to the outside world, I suppose. Um, so when it came to releasing music, okay. you you can't tour but through having that year of not being able to tour and you had to rely on the internet and I mean as much as I think there are plenty of like cons to the internet that from that perspective it is amazing that you can communicate like we're doing a a zoom call I'm on the other side of the world and we're having an interview it's so amazing And, and you create a different. Um, relationship with your fans Um so when it came to releasing music I actually had I felt quite quite confident always oh, you're always going to get a little bit nerves, but I knew that the fans that I'd already built would really appreciate it and okay you keep building and you keep growing you you can't afford to stop um, The the nature of the industry is fast-paced so you want to get the music out and you want, you obviously want people as many people to hear it as possible, but even just giving the music to those fans, they, they want some live music. They want newness. Um, And it was a positive thing.
0: What did you learn most during that time in terms of just yourself, in terms of, you know, your resilience and, you know, when you think back before the pandemic, to now you know where have you grown the most as a as an artist
2: um I think it made me push past certain boundaries that I had put in my head um so there were certain things that I wouldn't do with regards to music or I was I would get more nervous and scared about what people think um And I think because I I had to do it all on my own, I didn't have a choice. It's not that you could have band rehearsal every week. Uh, I had to do it myself. And I wasn't prepared to, like, sink and basically go away for the year and do nothing. I, I still wanted to do music. So it made me... I had to think outside the box and I had to... I actually grew as a musician, I think, over that period of time. So there was a positive... For me, um, because I had space and time to focus on, like, um, getting better on instruments and uh, writing more music. You had that space away from, like, tour or away from all the extra work that you have to do on top of it and your your day job and everything else. Um, You did have space to do that, which, yeah, I think... I think you've got to look at the positives and that was a positive of, of the pandemic really sort of made me rethink things.
0: You're at the point now where you're making and creating an album. When you think of where you were when you made exposed and, everything's happened you know since then was the mindset different for this album you know was the creative process different for this album
2: well I've just got to backtrack a little bit I actually have a new EP coming out this year okay which is sort of uh the bridge um so this new EP is called awakening um and it is a four-track EP um and it is I suppose the title sums it up. It is about waking up to um, who you are as a person, your insecurities, and kind of uh, coming through that on the other side. So I suppose you could say that lockdown helped helped me write that, really. Um, And that is out over the next few months. But I am now, obviously, thinking about the album, so I'm jumping.
1: Well,
0: artists tend to do that, you know. You're always <laughs> on to the next thing, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm not I've not even got the, the new uh, the new EP out yet, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm writing the album. Um, but the new tracks that I've done, we have a new track called Psycho, which is coming out very soon as well.
0: But as far as you know, the creative process, even for the EP "Awakening," you know, from "Exposed" into this album, has anything changed within the band or within within yourself? That you know, you're recording music in a different way, you're creating music in a different way, writing music in a different way. Is there anything that's different with you in the band?
2: Yeah. Well, initially, um, Bastet was my sort of solo project. So I started off, went into the studio uh, with a session guitarist and a producer. And that was the first EP Um, and the second EP, actually, Um, largely. And this next EP has had, it's been recorded like a band, basically. Um, So it's, I suppose it's more, it's more, it is more riffy um it's more passionate um and it's it's very sassy but that's th- I like writing sassy songs so <laughs> that is uh part of it um but with regards to writing at the moment um I am thinking I'm thinking more about the song and what the song needs rather than Sort of trying to write for myself because I think I think over the years, and this just happens as you grow as an artist uh, and with a band. When you are writing with other people, um, it's it's more about writing songs that obviously you want them to appeal to as many people as possible, not just writing because it's therapeutic for yourself. Which I think is what I have done over the years. I have written songs and gone, oh, well, I like that, but I don't know if anybody else is going to like it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. It's interesting, too, the the place that rock music has come from since before the pandemic. I mean, you know, rock and roll, rock music prior to March of 2020 wasn't in the best condition, wasn't in a good place in terms of relevancy. There were a lot of new bands. There were a lot of things happening, but... In terms of just connecting with the youth, connecting with young people across the globe, it was, it was a struggle. And I think that struggle still remains. But however, I think rock and roll has really positioned itself in the last couple of years uh, to start to, be, to begin to thrive. You're, you, there's more excitement about new bands and the new music than ever before. Do you feel that way? And what do you attribute that to?
2: I feel like there's more of um, a community through the pandemic because we were all uh, taken to our taken to the internet, basically. Um, so you ha- we have been able, I suppose, um, to build a community where they want new music and they are we all wanted to get back to our normal lives so hopefully that means that the gigs over the next couple of years everybody should be thriving and and wanting to go to them because I think that was everybody like you get used to it and it's just normal life and it's almost like sometimes they think oh well I've just seen a band last week so I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna go this week um but I do think that, like, there's bands like, um, so have you heard of Starbenders?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. So I found them, I actually think it was, like, the year before the pandemic, um, and I found them through an advert, and I just, I really like the song. It was London. Uh, I found them through an advert on Instagram, and um, I actually have, uh, is it Aaron, the bassist, I have him on Instagram, so we have a chat every now and then, and um, and I just thought, wow, these guys are so cool. Um, they're awesome on stage. I love their image. Um, and it made me kind of get excited. And I also liked the fact that I didn't listen to the music and think uh, that it sounded like anything else. I know that there's obviously influence, but I think that's been part of possibly part of the problem in the fact that. I well personally, I wasn't hearing a lot of music that sounded new and exciting in the rock scene. I was hearing things that were really good, but like i've I've already heard that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think there's more and more bands trying to think outside the box and add different things into the music because in music, everything that has been done has been done to the level that is so good you cannot. Compete with it, like who could compete with Freddie Mercury, like his voice, the way that Queen were on stage, like he he, he was amazing. Guns and Roses, like the chemistry and the energy, like if you try and recreate that sound, you can you can do your best at it, but you're never gonna beat the original. Do you know what I mean?
0: Sure, sure, yeah, and I also know that you know in the history of rock, what is so unique about rock music. It is from the days of Chuck Berry and even before that with the blues to now and to go go through the 70s and the 80s. Everybody rips off everybody, but everybody has their own spin on it. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? You know, Um, I'm a huge Led Zeppelin fan. And, you know, Led Zeppelin is known for, you know, lifting stuff from other artists, which is great because they make it their own. But... Yeah, newness is always refreshing. And a different perspective is always refreshing.
2: Yeah, the way that I think about it, sorry, is can you do it better than the original? So if you look at Led Zeppelin, they came out and it was like boom and this, this sound that was so energetic and so passionate that you couldn't help but not listen to it. Um, like, can you do it better than if, if for instance, somebody's uh, going to take a bit of Led Zeppelin, can they do it, put a spin on it that's make makes it their own and also do it so that it's better than the original? Or are you just copying? I think that's how I look at music because everything has been done. Mm-hmm. So what can you do to, to make it your own? so that you've got your stamp on it so people would listen to it from from my perspective and go oh yeah that's Bastet I know who that is I think that's I think that's what I felt was missing um and like you look at some some like a band like the Struts so obviously they're on like the lighter side of of music uh of, of rock music but uh, if you listen to them, they're kind of mixing a bit of T-Rex, uh, a bit of the Rolling Stones, a bit of Queen, and it, it's all, all put in the pot, mixed up, and there you go, that's the Struts, and they do a really good job.
0: Yeah, no, the Struts are fantastic. I would even put Duran Duran in that mix, too, as yeah. well. You know?
2: yeah,
0: um, they're, they're They're a fun band to see live.
2: They are. Yeah, they are. They're great fun.
0: You mentioned something earlier in the interview about full-length albums, and it's intended to be, you know, uh, uh, it's intended to be listened to from track one to track ten or however many tracks are on the album. Yeah. Do you think that as we move away from full-length albums, I love full-length albums. I'm all about it. But many artists are moving away from that, releasing singles or releasing EPs. Um, I think that hurts rock music. Right, I, I think one of the reasons that I rock music has has struggled with relevancy is they're moving farther and farther away from what has worked in the past. And yes, you always have to change and adapt to to what is happening. But I don't like it when rock music follows what other genres are doing. I think rock music always has to be by itself and and, and do things. The way they've done things like, you know, the, the full length albums, the album imagery, you know, all those things were so important and vital to rock music as I was growing up. I mean, everybody remembers looking at the album covers and just staring at the album covers and having that album, that full length album that you mentioned being a babysitter for you when you were young, because you'd go in your room and you'd listen to it 10 times over and that's what you do for hours on, on end. And, For for whatever reason, the rock star image, the rock star, you know, uh, or the rock and roll albums are slowly fading away and going with singles and EPs. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but do you do you think that? What's your perspective on that?
2: I think that because um, the industry is so fast-paced now, and the way that particularly. Any, I suppose anybody under the age of 30, really, they haven't necessarily bought into this buying albums because it's on YouTube or it's on Spotify. And really, they're completely missing out. Mm-hmm. Um, but because everything is so accessible, people don't think, I want to buy um, that vinyl or I want to buy that CD because it's just there for them so you've got to give them an extra reason um for them to actually go out and 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 buy the vinyl or the the CD um and I think I think with newer bands I don't I don't see it dying um I suppose in in the rock scene um but it's how can you make it again like fresh new and exciting because you've got to give people another reason to buy the album now it seems um, because of of the internet
0: yeah it has to be like a collector's item or memorabilia or something like that you know with the splattered vinyl or the you know the the uh, special editions and all that. And, and I think that's great. I, I, I do. I, I really like that return to vinyl and return to that physical, tangible experience. I just, you know, I remember getting an album and looking at the album cover and, you know, whether it was Iron Maiden or whether it was Metallica or Kiss or whoever it was, Zeppelin, you know, that sense of wonder that you get with looking at that artwork. You know, because it was part of the experience. And I think no other genre has been impacted more than rock music because rock and roll relied on that experience. And I don't think any other genre has been impacted more than rock music because it was that moment when you purchased something, you purchased that album and you went and you were just in awe of the album. And How do we get that back? How does rock music get that back? I don't know if you ever can because it's so digital now. And like you said, you know, things move so fast. People's attention spans are so, are so quick. Um, But I I appreciated that comment that you made about the full length album, because I think that's missing. And I like it when bands tell me they're working on a full length album. EPs are great. I love it because EPs are on the other side of it. EPs, in my opinion, help you want the music more, you know, like when you're listening to a bestet EP and there's four songs or five songs, when you get to the end of it, you're like, Oh, I wish there was more. And that helps that anticipation. That helps that buildup. It helps that, you know, for when you do release a full length album or another EP people crave it more. So I think there's, there's good things on both sides, I don't know. It just it just seems like I think, and also too the 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 rock star persona. Like you do a very good job of having that mystery that a lot of young bands are trying to create and don't and and are unable to create. I think that's important too, where you know there there has to be that sense of danger and mystery in a band for to attract young people. I don't know. What do you what do you think?
2: Yeah, I I think that um, from. From a, an audience's perspective, you've got to go on stage and you've got to um, sort of welcome the audience, but also own the stage. Um, and there's a lot more to a performance than just singing, singing some catchy songs. Do you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, there's a there's a lot. I don't think people realize how much thought goes into a stage show um, and putting it all together. Um, but it's, it's all good fun. That's the best part, really, for me being on stage.
0: When you think of where you're at now as a band and where you've come from, what excites you the most?
2: Um, the fact that I'm getting a team around me of really good musicians who are going to all push to kind of move it forward because I don't really feel like I've had that before. I feel like, um, because obviously this did did start off as, as just my project, so trying to find musicians who were behind it and behind the sound. Because I really do feel like it took me a long time to kind of get the sound right. Where I was kind of happy with the blend of different sounds um and different styles within the music um so i I have felt like i need I needed the the musicians and the band to be you have to be aligned, you have to be together, you have to be all pushing for the same thing, otherwise there's just like one person trying to drag it forward and not enough help if that makes sense.
0: Sure, certainly. Um, yeah. So
2: I I do feel like Bastet is is coming together, and we're gonna we're gonna move it forward. It's gonna keep rolling. That's the plan, anyway.
0: How does that help you as an artist? How does that help you grow as an artist?
2: In what in what sense the the
0: music in, in terms of having that team around you, in terms of having you know everybody going towards that that you know that same direction as you just mentioned, you know, that same idea, you know, does that, does that, how does that help you grow as an artist?
2: Well, it, it lifts you up for a start off um, because I I have felt throughout the years that I've had people that I was just almost dragging along and they didn't, really they weren't necessarily into the music or they didn't really care or they thought oh she's got some good gigs i'll i'll do some of those because they're good but actually i'm not that into the music and i think when you think about the music and what you want to see on stage you want to see passion you want to see how people having a good time you want to see the band gelling and i suppose um that for me was was difficult to find the right people um because because it was my project to start off with and i'm excited to kind of um bring bring more of the musicians in to kind of be involved um because four heads is better than one do you know what i mean if you are aligned if you're not you're gonna have button heads and you're never gonna get anywhere but if you can get a group of people who are all aiming towards the same thing thinking in the same way but also they might have an idea that i don't and it might be a really good idea so let's try it and then you'll tweak it and you'll change it and then it'll it'll turn into the song that it's meant to be
0: is it hard giving up control when you're doing that (laughs)
2: that's a good question um not if if you've got people who are aligned with you because it it takes some of the weight off off my shoulders I suppose um and it is actually nice having having um the musicians that I, and I've got in the band now, it is nice that they are going, oh, what about this? Let's try this. And I don't feel like I've kind of had that before. Um, so it's good that I'm not having to, to sort of think of everything, <laughs> which is at one point how it felt. And, and like, I, I am a musician and I play the piano and I play the guitar, but I'm not like amazing, like, amazing on every instrument. Do you know what I mean? I have my strengths and I have areas where I could do with somebody going, Oh, what about that? Cause like you can't come up with everything. Do you know what I mean? it's, it's good to have people with knowledge that I might not have as much knowledge on. Do you know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. And also, you, you know, when you're writing music too, when you're stuck or maybe someone has a different perspective about how something should sound, um, that can help too, as well, especially if you're, you know, open to that and, and, you know, making a song better, making the music better. Like you said, you know, four heads are better than one. And when you're trying to make music, when you're trying to market yourself, connect with people on social media, it's hard to do that as a single entity.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, I think. I don't I don't know what it was like in the 70s and 80s but in this day and age it does because a lot of the a lot of the bands that you see actually will probably be DIY um a lot of the time um so they're doing it all themselves they are uh, replying to comments on social media they don't have somebody who just takes over their social media to promote and market um so it is very much do it yourself and try like the the main aim is that the the fans love it and the, if the fans are engaged then that gets the music out to more people so when like we have a, a fan group so when we release the next single which will be in a few weeks hopefully, fingers crossed um, I will be going on the fan page and going guys here you go, here's the new single what do you think and they will give me their honest opinion hopefully they'll love it <laughs> Um, But that's just one aspect of the music industry at the moment uh, as it has uh, evolved. And I think, unfortunately or fortunately, whichever way you want to look at it, you can find some amazing bands online, but trying to sift through the bands that maybe aren't as good because anybody can record a song in the room on their laptop with a little midi piano midi keyboard um and you can record a song and do it yourself and it not necessarily be any good and upload it on spotify so that in a way that dilutes the really good music because it there is so much music out there um so from a consumer's perspective you've got to sift through the until you find something that you like i'm not saying that um like the majority of it is bad. I mean, I don't know. Depends on who you, who you're asking. But you have to find what you like, don't you? Um, but because there is so many different bands and different artists, it's kind of hard, it's hard to break through. Whereas I think in the past, you kind of built it up from the ground up, and you got yourself a little fan base. And then I presume if there was a little bit of a buzz about them, you then some sort of uh, agent or record label or whatever would say, would come to a gig and go oh, I'll just, but because there's, like there's I'll sign them, but because there's no real money in the music industry anymore that doesn't happen in the same way so it's very, very much DIY and then you've got to get through the amount of music that is online
0: It is a lot of work You're absolutely right, I mean <laughs> you know it it it's you know, you know going through things and hearing things, and you know one of the you know, as, as a new band and 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 you probably feel this too, you know it's so important for new artists for new bands to have a person in the room in the studio telling you no that doesn't sound good, no, you gotta do it this way because if you have you know your mom in there all the time telling you how great you are, right? It's not going to push you to be a better artist. I've talked to several bands and several artists who have been in tears, like leaving the studio because the producer is just on them and wanting them and pushing them and wanting them to be better. And it turns out when it's done, the music is better. And and every artist will tell you that. Like, if he didn't push me, I wouldn't have been able to play that riff that way, or I wouldn't be able to hit that note the way it should have been hit. You know, and it's so important that I think people don't understand, especially, you know, younger artists, that it takes a lot of work to make it sound the way it should sound. And you just can't put a band together and in three weeks record a song and put it out on some streaming service that shouldn't be what and have it represent you. That shouldn't be the case. It should be work that song over, work those songs over, play them out live and work them out. And then we go record. I think a lot of bands put the cart before the horse.
2: Yeah. I think that's quite interesting um, because I have obviously worked with a number of producers over the years um, and there was there was one producer who he managed to get this this note out of me, and I was like, "Whoa!" Like, where did that come from? But I suppose I was just having such a good time um, and really kind of vibing and enjoying myself that I I, I sang to my heart's content and was really really into the music and there is something to be said about how you feel when you go into particularly the, well the vocal booth from my perspective there is you have to be in the right frame of mind for the song in order to get what you need out
0: right well what's going on this year for you uh, What what's next for Bastet I know you're, you said you're recording you have the new EP coming out there's shows coming up what's 2022 look like for you
2: um, so we have festivals throughout summer um, and we've actually got um, a guitarist in who is going to play uh, the shows with us over summer. She's called Laurie, Laurie Buchanan um, and she was in um, the Hot Dam. She's in the Hot Dam. She was in Tequila Mockingbird um, and she's going to come and do the festivals with us over summer, which is really exciting. Um And we have singles coming out, which will then be an EP. So we have three singles coming out through summer, um, all with videos. Uh, And then the EP will be out September, October time. So new music, new videos, more gigs. um, And we're just going to keep it rolling. And uh, we're hoping for a tour October time. uh, That hasn't been planned yet. Um, And then into recording the album.
0: That's fantastic. Caroline, this has been a blast.
2: Thank you very much for having me. All
0: right, everyone. That's Caroline from the band Bastet. Look for new music from them later on this year. Don't forget to get their EP available on all streaming services. Check them out on all the social media. You can... Find them at bestet.com and go order their album, their last EP, at bestet.bigcartel.com. You can order at um, all the merchandise, too, as well. Always support new bands, new music. I'm Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks. Take care of each other. We'll talk soon. Thanks.
2: i know that you thrive from having the power so i let you think that you have the power but in reality that says more about you and unlike you i don't easily bruise the truth is that you know that you the man. Yeah.
1: it's nfl draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football